Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the God, Guns, and Family podcast. Today, we're talking about marriage. Um, neither one of us are experts, but we do have experience. Hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. Recording in progress. Yeah, recording in progress. <laughs> Yo, let's do this thing, bro. What's up, everybody? It's the God Guns Family Podcast. Yes, it is. Here with Nate and Mike. That's right. Or Mike and Nate, whatever you want to look, however you want to look at it. Doesn't however matter. you want to do it. It's two dudes uh, just doing the podcast, <clears throat> bro. So. so I don't have lemonade, but I do have lemons. Dude, you and can make some lemonade. I'm just saying. All right, so before we uh, hit this record button for everyone listening, I was trying to persuade Mike into trying this beautiful espresso shandy with some lemonade and espresso over ice, and it's fantastic. So now he's going to go make lemonade, is what he just told me. Because, you know, what they say, God gives you lemons. Make some lemonade, bro. Make some lemonade. Exactly. Or lemon cappuccino shandy. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, yep. We're gonna keep call it a shandy. Keep it fancy. Cold brew shandy. See, see, dude, you're looking it up. I, there's some clout to this, bro. I'm telling you. What is Tarani syrup? Oh, uh, that's just it's like just, a flavored yeah, syrup. Just like the, yeah, just that brand of syrup. Although, have you ever made your own simple syrup, gangster? It's like two. No, but I do have agave. All right. Sweeten that up, Dandu. I don't sweeten maple it syrup, all. I guess. So basically, we just get like the less, like zero sugar, low sugar lemonade. Throw some, some bees' knees in it, bro. Some espresso with some high quality, high quality beans. I could do that. I could do that. I could do that. So, my friend. Um, sorry to hear about your dad. That's yeah, that's dude. Kind of poopy, but yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. So we're gonna go see uh, see my dad. My so I'll bring my wife and my brother. We're going to venture the twenty four hour and twenty four hours and some odd minute drive from Arizona to Tennessee. Just kind of hang out there a little bit, be a blessing to him. God's really we're in Tennessee. Like, um, he is in a place called Petersburg. Donde? So it's like two and a half hours south of Nashville. So it's okay. like southern Tennessee. Okay. Um. So we're gonna go do that drive in, <laughs> go hang out. <laughs> that was rad. Um, we're gonna go see uh, see him for a little while, hang out, just be a blessing. Over the last like five or six years, God's really like mended that relationship. Um, I thought I was going to bury him six years ago when I flew out to Nashville. I, how many arteries, major arteries go out of your heart? How many do you have? Do you, do you know offhand? I don't know offhand. I want to say it's like six. Yeah. 
because he had five bypassed, like they were completely blocked. I don't know how he was alive. So we went to this little tiny hospital in like Lincoln County Hospital, and they were like, dude, you're like currently having a heart attack. And like, I'm going to call you a bird and I'm going to medevac you from here to Nashville. And he's like, I'm not paying that. Put me in an ambulance. So he drove from Petersburg to Nashville cardiac ICU. And like the whole time, the cardiac enzyme that indicates a heart attack was rising. Like typically it spikes and levels out and that indicates you had a like a, a cardiac event. He was in a continual cardiac event for like two and a half hours. So I was oh. like, my aunt calls me. He's like, Hey, you know, you need to get out here. Like, this is what's going on. So I dropped everything, flew out there like six years ago. Long story short, coming off anesthesia. Um, I had just laid down. I was up for like 48 hours. I had just laid down to go to sleep. He comes out of anesthesia and after open heart surgery, they put a pick in your carotid artery that goes down into your heart that measures pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, he comes off anesthesia and grabs that pick and pulls it completely out of his carotid artery, like arterial bleeding everywhere. It was insane. They stabilized them. They called me. I went down into the room, like the, like the ICU doors were open. Like a nurse had just left and I just walked right in. It was like 1230 at night. Um, I walk into the room and he like looks at me and just bursts into tears and, and apologizes for things that he had, I had never even vocalized that were like childhood hurts and traumas. And, you know, God really just mended that relationship. We cried together and it was like, you know, just a moment. So, you know, then now from fast forward then to now, you know, it's, it's going out there just to honor him. Like, uh, we're going to be talking about honoring your spouse today, but honor also goes to your, your, your parents, it goes across the board. So just, we're going to drive out there to, to honor him. I mean, the, the hospice people say sub six months, um, three weeks to go to, it was like three and a half weeks ago to today. He's a totally different person. Like he's just deteriorating really quick. So we we're going to go in August. Now we fast tracked it and you know Thursday, this Thursday we'll drive out that way. So, yeah. <clears throat> It's so a this deal. is saying six. So there's six left coronary artery, left anterior descending, <clears throat> left circumflex, posterior descending, ramus or intermediate, right coronary, right marginal, posterior descending. So yeah. Six. So like five of those arteries were 90 plus percent blocked when they took him into, you know, cart like, like basically Nashville has. Um, like the cardiac unit for the regions, so like all the Southern states, if there's a major cardiac case that they can't handle at local hospitals, they'll send them to Nashville. So that was the cardiac ICU that he was in. And he was in there for like five days. And we, on the day I was leaving, they discharged him and I was able to get him back to his house out in Petersburg. So God really just has been mending that relationship. Um, and it's just been a real big blessing, dude, to be able to have matured myself and not allowed, you know, the bad stuff that we walk through relationally to inhibit my ability to, to honor my dad. And God really just mended that bridge. And, you know, it was just this like chasm broke and filled in. It was pretty cool, man. So just be, uh, for everyone listening, just be praying for the fam too. every, so I got an older brother, older sister, myself, and then my younger brother, my two older siblings are very opinionated as to what my dad should be doing. Um, so there's a lot of high emotions in this whole thing. Like health wise or 
yeah, just in general. Like fe- feeling like they have any say in what, you know, health choices he, because he's opted not to do chemo because he's been through that 20 some odd years ago. And that was right. a, that was a terrible experience to have walked through. Um, as a young kid with him, it was just, he was off his rocker, man. Like we, I found him walk in the neighborhood. It was like 1030 in the middle of December in his underwear, like looking for us. Like we weren't home. Like he was just not in reality because hmm. all those, he just doesn't do well with those drugs. So, and that the chemotherapy, radiation, all that stuff. So he's opted just to do it holistically and, you know, do it on his own terms. So they say sub six months, we'll see see what the actual timeline looks like but you know got to do what you got to do when life throws you some curveballs you know what i mean yeah but yeah dude <clears throat> you know that's it's, real, it's real. heavy dude but you know god's just i've seen his hand through everything dude it's been i mean walking through the stuff that uh i walked through as a young person dealing with some of the, you know, the early childhood traumas and stuff that, you know, you know, the I'm walking on eggshells and all the crazy stuff like is fuel for me today to be a better father to all my kids. Um, and God's redeemed that whole part of that too. So I can be the best husband I can. I can be the best father I can be because I've, I've never seen healthy and, now I get to, by the grace of Jesus, live healthily, and my wife gets a healthy husband. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, boom, segue right into honoring your spouse, bro. Honoring marriage. Let's do this thing, bro. Yeah, Who's man. Praying, me, so, or, me or you what? praying to start this thing, bro? Because that's how you we start. You want to start? Yeah. Jesus, Jeez, we just know. thank you. I have to think of it. Oh, sorry. We you honor go. you. We love you. What a privilege it is to get on this podcast with my brother, talk about whatever the Holy Spirit leads us to talk about. And Lord, with such an honor to be counted a son and daughter. Whoever's listening, Lord, let the words that be spoken be spoken in boldness, but but rooted in your truth. We don't want to offer anything, God, within of and of ourselves. We want to just give give you Holy Spirit flowing through us. So Lord, we surrender this to you. Have your way. We just uh, say whatever spoken today, God, just be glorifying and magnifying to you and you alone. And we just surrender all the praise, the glory and the honor back to you, Jesus. And you have your way in this in Jesus name. Amen. Let's do it. Yeah, man. I'm excited. So, I mean, I don't even know like what I was thinking about um, talking about this, but I just kind of felt like, because um, I think we kind of talked about it a little bit before, like on another thing. Just it just wasn't a little like entire. <clears throat> yeah, it wasn't entirely about it, but you know, um, yeah. I uh, I th- I know I just see a lot of stuff like on a like a you know on a not a regular basis, but I see a lot of stuff with like couples and whatever, and I'm like dude like for real you know like issues that shouldn't be issues and it's like why is that an issue it's not even that big of a deal like just Mm -hmm. either do this or figure this out or stop doing something or whatever it is you know it's nothing nothing worth it's not worth your marriage to yep to you know to do something that only benefits you yeah and selfishness is what that's rooted in 
Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's like if if your if your spouse is telling you like this bothers me or yep, this means a lot to me or I wish you would do this or whatever it is. Yep. Then then do whatever it is. Like it's not that big of a yeah. deal. It it's not a it's not a it's not a complicated math problem. It's like yeah. If any spouse says this makes me uncomfortable when or this action makes me feel this way, like that should be enough. Yep. Like, hey, your interaction with that person makes me uncomfortable. That's enough. And it goes vice versa. It's like your marriage is the most, I mean, our job as men is to protect that as the most sacred thing in our life, right? And that goes back down to like, you see those interactions between a husband and a wife. And it's like, it's honestly, and, and like the way the husband is talking to the wife, I see it all the time at Costco, dude. Like these guys, um, like, um, these guys talk to their wife in, in a tone that if you talk to me that way, you'd get punched in the mouth. Like you elicit such a negative reaction. Like if any person talked to my wife like that, we'd be fighting. And it's like, it happens all the time, but it does. And it goes the other way around. Women talk to their husbands. Like they are a piece of trash an incompetent human being. And I'm just like, how the heck have you guys been married for this long? Y'all are like in your fifties and sixties. How long has this been going on? And like, that's not normal. And I feel like as a, if you profess Christ as your Lord and Savior, like the your 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 spouse comes first. It says to honor your wife or your husband the way Jesus honors and loves the church. Right? We're called is to love our wife like Jesus loves the church, and that's not contingent on anything. That doesn't hinder on their actions or lack of action. It all goes down to. They're number one. It's it's Jesus is the absolute pinnacle. That's your number one, your spouse, your kids. That's the order it's supposed to be in. And if any one of those is transversed in any way, you're off the X. Like you're mm-hmm. not on center. Like if your kids come before your spouse, you need to put things back in order because that's not biblical alignment, right? Yeah. You're it's you and your spouse have become one flesh, and the sole purpose is to honor God in your relationship, right? But to go back to, um, if any, like you said, like if your your spouse says this, or this makes this feel this way or anything, um, there was this random dude, I'm going to put my wife on blast. Cause I just got her blessing on my text message to share this little story because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, Thanks, I'm, not trying to get, I'm not trying to get stabbed after recording. You know what I mean? It's like, um, I'm asleep and then I'm going to wake up dead. I'm going to get shivved is what's going to happen if I decide. But um, there's this one of her old ex-boyfriends that was a really good friend back in the day. Kind of like came out of the woodwork like, hey. And they were like talking like just normal catch-up stuff. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, kind of made my head tilt a little bit. And um, he was like, like hey, dog. I'm going to be. Huh? Like a, like dog? a dog. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like yeah, my ears perked up. Like uh, <laughs> Spidey, Spidey sense was tingling, right? Cause the dude knows the dude's intent. Right. So, um, he's like, Hey, I'm going to be in town. Like, 
let's go meet up at whatever. It's like a group of people going to go meet up at um, main event or whatever. Okay. And she's like, I'm thinking about going. And I'm like, oh, are you? That makes me uncomfortable. I, I think we, I don't even think we were engaged yet. We were dating. Maybe okay. engaged, maybe engaged. And I was just like, that makes me uncomfortable. And she's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, that, like, it, I don't have a good feeling about that. She's right. like, well, it's just my friend. And I'm like, babe, my, me saying I'm uncomfortable should be enough. And it like yeah. put the brakes on. And she was like, oh my God, you're right. And it was like, we were still dealing with at this time, old triggers, old trauma, yeah. old junk, right? Like <laughs> if you're not continually processing all that, like that needs to be the first step as a man to process your trauma triggers, process the stuff you've walked through the baggage you carry to be the best version of yourself for your spouse today. Cause we should always be evolving, always be moving forward, never stagnant. Right. It's like, if you, like if training jujitsu, if you're not trying new stuff and evolving as a person, a, you're not giving your effort and you're just kind of yeah. going through the motion. There's this progression, right? Um, so for me to say, babe, me being uncomfortable should be enough, really put the brakes on it. And like, that has become the standard. Like that's the gold standard in our relationship now, babe. Like, how do you feel? Like I'm a, I'm an idiot. Okay. I don't ever know when women are flirting with me or looking at me or whatever. I just, I'm, I'm so wrapped up in my, in my world with my wife. Like it doesn't even phase I mean, me. You probably get hit on all the time. So you probably just yeah. don't understand. I'm you know saying. I mean? So, so like, sometimes I'm just like, she's like, yeah, that person makes me uncomfortable. I'm like, dude, that's it. Like that is the line in the sand or that interaction made me uncomfortable. And I'm going to air my own dirty laundry here too. So like we went to the, uh, wherever we are coffee shop that we go to all the time. And we've become pretty good friends with the barista, but, uh, apparently she vibes me i don't know so we walked in there and just like out of like response she's like hey guys i'm like oh hey what's up boo and i said boo okay and like she didn't make a big deal about it at first and i didn't even i mean i realized i had said it but i was like dude that was stupid so then we get back in the car and she <laughs> takes a sip of her drink and kind of like side eyes you <laughs> looks at me and goes if you call another woman boo again i'm gonna stab you i'm like okay i'm so sorry that was not my and it was like, even in that little interaction that was like totally innocent was not honoring to my wife. Right. That was an act of being not honorable. Right. Um, let's see Romans 12, 10 through 11. Okay. Let's read this real quick. It says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Our job as a man or a, or, or a woman, a wife, right, is to love each other with genuine affection. Your spouse can tell when you're going through the motions. It's, it's, women have just this uncanny intuition that if there's a slight deviation and you're just kind of going through the motions, like my wife and I will have that conversation like, dude, are you okay? any slight deviation in myself that's like off off balance a little bit she's like are you okay where are you at and for everyone listening if you don't have that relationship with your wife or if you don't mike or whatever where you can have honest raw open communication at any point of any day all the time like that needs to be the focus on getting to that place 
Because raw, mm -hmm. open, honest communication is the crux of any marriage. And to start, how do you know? I mean, obviously there's like, there's like non-negotiables in honoring your wife, right? Like talking to the opposite sex in a flirtatious way, that's not, that's not honoring. That's like, duh. But even down to the little things that vary from wife to spouse, to spouse, to spouse, the little things that make him tick, that make him frustrated, that make him feel this way without having open dialogue with your spouse, you're not going to know those things. Like, mm -hmm. Hey, like I didn't intentionally make you feel this way, but if you're feeling a certain way about an action, but you don't speak up because you don't feel like you have the room to do it, you need to get with a, an accountability partner, a couple, a counselor, whoever to build and foster that, that type of relationship. Cause that open dialogue with your spouse is essentially the backbone of how you're going to figure out the, the little ins and outs of what, how they see the world, what makes them feel certain things in a certain way or whatever. And it goes mm. down to genuine affection and delight in honoring them. Like honoring your spouse should bring joy to your heart. Yeah. Sometimes you can go through some thick stuff and, you know, things get sideways or whatever, but we should really honoring your spouse should be like, should overjoy your heart with, with just, just overwhelming joy, you know, delighting and honoring them because when you put your spouse first and you honor them, not in just words, but through your actions and how you're living your life that produces in, especially in, in like from in my wife, if I'm put, if I'm showing my love to her, she's going to automatically feed me respect, right? The cycle of love and respect. Women show love by being loved on. Men feel love by being respected. It's this cycle, right? Mm -hmm. I love my wife. She respects me as a man. And I heard a quote. I don't know where the heck I heard it. I'll probably get corrected by my beautiful wife who's right over the other side of this uh, computer screen here. Hey. Um, be an example of Jesus in such a way that your wife has no problem submitting to. Because like I said in a little bit ago, honoring your spouse isn't contingent on how your spouse is acting. I'm honoring my wife because that's honor to God. Because first and foremost, I want to honor God in everything. I want to be, be obedient to him in all the ways, all the time. Yes, I'm human. Yes, I fall short. I jack things up, excuse me, often. But I love my wife because God calls me to love my wife. And loving my wife is an example and a display of how much I love Christ. Okay. It doesn't, that's because I entered into a covenant union with my wife. That right there is it. That's the final word, regardless of how she's acting, what she's going through, whether she gets snippy with me because she's hangry, whatever the case is, my job is to honor her no matter where she's at. That's my call as a husband is to honor my wife. And it same goes as a wife. So if I'm slacking off and acting up and jack and jacking around and acting like an idiot, it doesn't, and her honor to me, like that's because she's honoring God. So my honor to my wife isn't contingent on actions, nor should it have ever been right. Um, I got some more scriptures here. Maybe, maybe, maybe Ephesians 5, 22. Let me get to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right here. So 
For wives, this means submit to your husband as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of the, uh, head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body of the church. As the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to your husbands. Okay, guess what? That does not mean your wife is your freaking like slave and all be all servant. Okay. Same value, different functions. Equal value, different functions. Okay. Husband and wife share the same value. Our functions are different. So as a man, our job is to set the spiritual tempo of the home, be essentially be the thermostat, right? So if we, if, if Christ has called wives to submit to your husband, that goes back to what I was saying before, husbands need to be such a display of Christ that there's no problem for your wife to submit to you. And guess what? If you're on this side of heaven, you got work to do. There's still flesh tapped into your body. You still got flesh on your bones, right? We still have stuff to work through and iron through as men so that we can be the best example of who Christ is in our home, right? Yeah. I kind of I kind of put you uh put you on blast a little bit, not blast, but I uh shouted you out a little bit. Um the muster on Wednesday. Um, well, we do this for. So talking about uh um the statistic of if a child comes to church first, only 3%, oh. right? And mm-hmm. then if a wife comes to church first and tries to lead the 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 house, the their home to church, it's um 17%. But if a man first goes to church and the brings the family after, 93% of them submit and honor Christ, right? And like I shouted you out, like that's what happened. Like you saw this thing get built, ECC, you thought it was a community college, boom, you showed up, and all of a sudden you going to church set the spiritual tempo in your home. Aaron followed suit. Andrew followed suit, right? It's like our call as a man, as the head of the home, is to set the spiritual tempo, to be, to lead by example, to love. Because guess what? When when you interact with Aaron, that is the is the picture for Andrew on how he's going to treat his wife, is how you treat Aaron. And for my kids. So you know, I should stop pretty, calling her hookah face. Yeah, don't call her hookah face no more, okay? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, that's, my, that's my term of endearment. Oh, see, exactly. Um, it's the interactions like, you know, 90 or 80% of what you say is nonverbal, right? It's all body language and kids see that they read us. Like what's pretty cool on my side is, you know, I have two stepchildren, which are my kids. I mean, hundred percent take a bullet for those guys. Um, Jaren and Aria get to see an example of what a healthy marriage looks like on this side. And I get to show them through my actions, how, um, I love their mom and Liam on this side sees the same thing. Like this is how dad treats his Nanda, right? Like they get to see that when the other sides are so dysfunctional, they, mm. they get to come to our home and see what a healthy, two healthy people look like in a marriage. And, um, that was my prayer from the beginning that my son would grow up looking at a, at an example of what healthy looks like in a, in a dad. You know, I didn't grow up like that, you know, but now I've given all of my kids an example to look at on how honor looks like in a home. And like, I get to set the spiritual tempo. Like I got the kids asking like, oh, cause I, we had to go to the other campus a couple of weeks back. Like, Hey, God, Hey dad, what, what Bethel are we going to? I'm like, baby, we got to go to the original one. <sighs> 
I don't want to go the original one. I like Bethel Sunrise, which is the one we've been going to all the time, right? Like, yeah. it's like Liam's favorite teachers over there. And the kids love like, like, you know, the people who have taken the kids ministry on where we're serving all the time. And like, they love church in such a way that they get mad when they have to go the other one. They're like, I don't want to go to the other Bethel. I'm like, baby, it's the same. Like we, that's where we, we landed and now we've moved to Bethel sunrise. They're like, no, Bethel sunrise is my, is, is where we go to church. That's our home church. Like they're like arguing with me over what church to go to. Right. And that right there is they've seen honor first honor to Christ honor to their mom, to their, to my wife. And it's like, not to, I don't, don't misread me tooting my own horn by any stretch of the imagination. Cause we have our own stuff that we've walked through and continue to walk through and, and process together as a family. But I just kind of sat back and was like, that's pretty cool, man. Kids be trying to be arguing over what church campus they want to go to. I'm like, it's the same church. It's the same church, just different campuses. And, um, it's a pretty cool thing, dude. Once we start to realize how you treat your wife is the litmus test on how near you are to Christ. So when you see the people that are like, you're like, dude, what in the world? Like how in the world, like, where are y'all at? I I can look at it. Yeah. I can look at like a husband and a wife and tell within the first 10 seconds where they're at. Are you going through some stuff just based on the nonverbal communication they have between themselves, what they're saying, how they're saying it, the tone in which all of it kind of paints a picture as to where they're at in their relationship with Christ. And, you know, once we realize that our kids are watching that as an example of a man and a, and a, and a wife or a wife and a husband, whatever that right there, we get to paint on, on these canvases of children, what honor to God looks like by honoring your spouse. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I got saying something like that. Now I mean, now I mean, let's see. I think I, I think I got one more scripture. We got, we got one more minute. We got to take a break. I know. Hey, all right, let's take a break before I just like go off sideways. Cause I go on tangents. Now I'm saying, all right. Yeah, this a was break. a good scripture, bro. It's good. Yeah, let's start this up in a minute, dude. Yeah, buddy. I raised the microphone Whoa. up with my finger. Dude, that was that was steezy, bro. I need to get one so I can do that. So you can just, <laughs> just so you can do this. <laughs> that's, that's it, bro. Just randomly serious moment. Just <laughs> lift it up. All right, I'll be back in a second. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Recording in progress. Yes. Back. We're back. We're right. back. Let's do it. Let's do this thing. First. Oh, I gotta I gotta hit my my message here. But first, you all gotta follow us at the God Guns and Family Podcast on the Instagrams. Send us some emails at Godguns and Family Podcast at gmail.com. Any questions, anything, topics, whatever, email us. Keep us uh keep us in the loop. Let us know. 
but yeah, dude, let's get right into this thing. So, um, I guess yeah, Ephesians... and spread the word about this. Yeah, dude, podcast. share it, share it. Come on now, share it. People need to hear stuff. It's the word. Most we try to just stay one hundred percent grounded in the Bible and this thing. Just share it around. People need more Jesus, man. So, share this thing. Let's get into it, bro. Ephesians four thirty two. It says, instead, be kind, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Forgiveness goes right into honor, bro. It says in, in Corinthians, first Corinthians says, you know, the love chapter says love keeps no record of wrong. Forgiveness. Boom. Forgiveness. Sorry. That's what I meant. Whatever. Forgiveness. 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 Keeps no record of wrong. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. That's a big deal, man. Because guess what? Okay. Marriage hard. is free. It is hard. Marriage is, so is marriage. Choose your heart. Going through some craziness is hard. Choosing to get a divorce because you're not putting in the work and the effort is hard. It's easy. It, it, it's easy. It's easy to go that route. But the, the consequences of walking through that is hard. Been there, done right. that. Right? Oh, you have. Mar marriage can be hard. Choose your heart. <laughs> My buddy brought it back from Vegas. I love that cup. That's from Nick. That's Nick's. Nick, you know what cup you brought me back from Vegas. We're not going to talk That's about it on this podcast, but he knows what it is. <laughs> Speaking of Nick, poor Nick. My, my neighbor down the street broke his wrist on the open oh. mat the day before 4th of July. No. He was there. I think it was like three minutes into the first round that we did. And he How broke did he it. Break his wrist. Just land on it wrong, man. Nothing's crazy. Just posted Dude. a weird way, I think, and then and just. Oh and he's like, ah, gosh. man. He's like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm like, oh man. Instantly swelled up a little bit. I was like, ah. You know, you know. When, I felt bad. You know when you know. Yeah. That's so. th that's a brutal one. But no yeah. surgery, which is good. Hey, that is good. Like that usually happens. Get, yeah, wrists and ankles. That's. And wrist and ankles, bro. But uh, going back to honoring your wife right quick, okay? How many of y'all, okay, when you first got married, when you were dating, you are engaged, what did you guys do? You pursued your spouse. You pursued your wife, right? You got to, you got to know what they like, what colors they like, what flowers, where they like mm -hmm. to go on dates, all that stuff. Why did that stop? Has it stopped? And why, if it, if it did, why pursuing your spouse requires intentionality, requires focus, requires forethought thinking it requires all these things. But when, as a, as a husband, you're pursuing your wife, that speaks, that speaks love, speaks honor. If you're pursuing your wife, you're honoring her, right? Every woman wants to feel pursued and adored and loved right like and why? men want to feel that too 100 percent. but how many times like we said we set the pace in our home there's only so many times your wife will pursue you without being like there's not the reciprocated function of that yep. then I that dies something. out what not, did you say i didn't just see it but go ahead keep talking i'm gonna find no. it. it's like like you must pursue your spouse and even if the your spouse isn't pursuing you in return 
keep doing it because pursuing is honoring and honoring your spouse isn't contingent on what they're doing. So husbands pursue your wife, wife, pursue your husband, you know, like, guess what? If your spouse likes to do something that just bores the crap out of you, learn how to do it. Husband, exactly. Pursue her, love her, win her, nurture her, praise her, protect her, and never let her go. Exactly. That is right. That is a big fact. That is our responsibility as a husband. And when you're doing those things and you're having open conversation and dialogue, you're insulating yourself against the enemy. When you're doing what's right by your wife, it's like fortifying your wall around your your marriage. Because what Satan want to do? He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to divide. He wants to conquer. And anything left hidden or not spoke about or uh, you know not communicated about open. There's there little footholds. If there's stuff in you as a man that you're saying, oh, you know, I'm just not ready to deal with that yet. That's a thought pattern, a little stronghold that can become a big one if you're unwilling to put the work in. Amanda and I were just talking about on the break. God is a God of multiplication, okay? The amount of effort you put into your marriage, God will multiply. So if you're walking through and you're having some pretty hard conversations when they come up and you're putting in the effort, walking through difficult, God rewards that in multiples by, and of, of a, he'll multiply the nearness that you and your wife feel, or you and your spouse will feel. It's like working out, right? Like when you first start jujitsu, every muscle in your body hurts. Like, dude, the first time I did jujitsu, I couldn't, this is when I had hair. I couldn't even shampoo my hair right, bro. Like my, my traps were jacked, my lats, like my shoulders dealt with. I could like, I did this thing. Like I couldn't like, put uh, my hand, dude, I could, yeah, I couldn't even do it. And it's like, there was pain involved. There was difficulty involved, but on the, in the process of things being hard and difficult and working through and, and processing through those things, mm -hmm. you become stronger. You become, you know, better at jujitsu. The same thing goes with a marriage. When you start handling the difficult stuff, because sometimes conversations in marriage about stuff that bothers you or you're hurt by or you're processing to get through to a better place is difficult and it can be painful. Walking through that process of difficulty is a process of gain. When there's when you're gaining foot, you're gaining ground in your marriage that can be difficult, that can be painful, that can be dis, you know, uncomfortable and walking through those things intentionally with the intent of, I'm going to be, get, I'm going to get closer to my wife than I have ever been before today, closer than I was yesterday. Guess what? God is not in like, I heard someone recently say, oh yeah, that's back when we were young. And that those were our best years. That's the wrong mm. mentality. Your best yeah. years are yet to come. God didn't stop creating greatness. Now it's our job to live in the greatness God is still creating within your marriage, right? It's yep. like, it's this ever growing, evolving organism that is a marriage that should continue to grow and multiply and go through different seasons, different difficulties, but it's not like difficulties are a bad thing. Walking through some difficult stuff is, is beneficial. It allows you to process and to communicate and to grow closer, um, Forgiveness is a huge thing. If you're not offering forgiveness quickly to your spouse, you're not doing what Christ has commanded us to do, which is to be to be forgiving, right? To be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And if you go ahead, no, I'm going to say even on top of that. So 
like I know that we're basing everything here on you know on the Bible on biblical stuff. If you're listening to this or you or <clears throat> and you're not like 100 on board with the Bible or whatever, that's fine. The same stuff, yep. the same principles apply, right? 100. percent You know what I mean? Like the um like what you were talking about before, like disrespecting or treating the man or 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 yep. woman, um belittling them, talking down to them. That stuff causes rifts, right? Yep. That can push the other one away, right? Yep. That is probably a reason that a lot of people have affairs is because they are treated so badly by their spouse mm -hmm. because they don't have a common ground initially to start from. You know what I mean? Like me and Aaron haven't always been like 100% awesome, awesome, awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been married for 16 years. You know what I mean? Yep. And we've been fairly open in discussion with people, you know, with each other. And, you know, we've had our issues, you know, here and there, but it's never been like something that we haven't talked about. Yep. And divorce has never been an option. Mm -hmm. You know, um, nothing has come up to where it's gotten to that level. Mm -hmm. We've always talked about stuff before it got escalated to a point yep. that that was even an option. I mean, sometimes things happen and, whatever, like maybe like, you know, people get married before they're ready or, yeah. to, you know, they just, whatever it is. But you, you like, I think Granger says something on his podcast about love and how it's like, it's, it's, it's not a feeling. It's, it's a, what is, I can't, I don't know exactly what he says, but it's, it's like, a choice. It's, an, it's not it's a, a feeling, choice. It's a yes. Choice. It's a choice. Mm -hmm. And like, man, like just, I feel like I'm a Brazilian when I say, man, every time I say it, I'm like, dude, I gotta stop saying that because the Brazilians are like, man. <laughs> But man, it's okay, man. Yeah, it's it's true, bro. So, but I'm like, so I recently um made an extra conscious effort to like just be better. Like you, know, I mean, that's the whole reason this thing exists. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I give a little bit extra attention to her, and she kind of gets annoyed by it because like I'm I'm an affectionate dude. Yep. And, um, you know, it is what it is, whatever. She's going to deal with it and you know, learn, that. learn to accept your love, bro. Yeah. Just deal with it. <laughs> but the, the, on the other side of it, it's like, okay, not with us, but with other people that I've seen, it's like, okay, so there's, and I've seen it personally, like disrespect of each other in front of other people. Yeah. Like, man, what are you doing? Like, stop mm -hmm. doing that. Like yeah. you're not only is it causing an issue because you're disrespecting each other to each other, but you're mm -hmm. doing it in front of other people, which makes it even worse, regardless yeah. of who those people are. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll poke fun at her and she'll poke fun at me when we're in front of our friends and parents or whatever. Like my thing is like, we're always talking about like cleaning, right? Cause I clean, I, I'm the one who cleans, which it's whatever. <laughs> it, I'm not going to like, it's not a divorce discussion. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, mm -hmm. she cleans sometimes, but 95% of the time it's me. Like, whatever. It's not that mm -hmm. big of a deal. Sometimes it sucks because I get tired of it, but it's not, it's whatever. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, and then there are other things where, you know, people are, uh, you know, they deal with these conversations with their spouses and they're like, well, you know, that's not my hill to die on. Well, it's not. But that's not okay for you to deal with it on the on a consistent basis. Our mutual friend, I won't say their name, but we talked about this, remember, like last mm -hmm. summer. Yep. 
And it's like, dude, like that is not okay. And other friends of ours, we've seen it happen. I'm like, dude, that's that those conversations and that disrespect to each other is not okay. Yeah. No one should be like, there shouldn't be any gotcha moments. There shouldn't be any like, I win this time. You win. You won. That's not a thing. Like that shouldn't be a thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yep. And the kids shouldn't be seeing that either. Like that is, that is, you know, makes it even worse. Yep. You know, when I'm like all like lovey dovey on Aaron, like giving her hugs and you know, whatever. And she's like, Oh my gosh, like leave me alone. (laughs) That's fine. It's not a big deal because Andrew sees that and he sees that like, I love her and I want to, and I kiss her like all the time. And every single time we leave each other, we say, I love you. And every single time we hang up the phone, we say, I love you. Because first of all, you never know when it's going to be the last time. Exactly. You know, and I want him to know, to say that all the time. Yep. A hundred percent. Cause you don't like, right. The, the statistical odds of dying in a car accident are exponentially high. Yeah. Like everyone's like, oh, you're going on a plane. It's like, dude, I'm more likely to like die like by a hundred or a thousand times driving down to freaking fries to go pick up. Granted, whatever. not everyone has an airplane. I mean, that's. Or right. like people like or blow it out of proportion. It's like. Or it's like, oh my God, you're going to go surfing in the ocean. You could get a bit by a shark. I could, but my statistical odds of dying in a plane crash are like double than getting attacked by a shark. Right. Which is exponentially lower than driving down the street to go pick something up at the grocery store. You right. never know. You never know like what's when that you're pun- your you're, it's time to punch out. Yep. You just, you don't know. And when you start living like that, like what you're saying is always saying, I love you always displaying like the same kind of thing too like the kids are like oh my god you're kissing mom again like yeah i'm gonna kiss your mom again watch this boom and i'll like grab her and like make out there in the corner like <laughs> like video barf sounds or whatever it's whatever and she's like or aria noticed the other day i was like i was walking the store and i had my hand on uh had my on amanda's butt and she goes ew we are in public and i said watch this or just a handful bro I'm like, oh, man. It's like oh my god stop it and i'm like what are you gonna do it is what it is yeah. i said you're hot that's fine don't worry about yeah. it and yeah, Ari is like gagging in the back like <laughs> like being just dramatic or whatever it's like you never know though no matter there is not a single fight that you could have with a husband or a wife that you shouldn't say i love you right even if There's, you're mad you could be pissed off mad (laughs) like pissed off mad and you should still be like i love you babe i'm gonna go i need 10 minutes i'm gonna go on a drive to cool down i love you we'll talk when i get back collect yourself and go about your business mend those bridges there should not there you shouldn't allow anything to get into your marriage that uh, that has like it, I call them like foxes. Don't let the foxes destroy the vine, right? Like capture the foxes before they be, before they become these giant things in your marriage, right? Like, like what you're talking about, like with you and Aaron, having those conversations before they even get to explosively big, right? You never know when you won't have that time to reconcile yeah. with your wife. You never know, dude. Like even like, I mean, 
this whole forgiveness thing is big too. Cause I have put my wife through a whole bunch of stuff in which she's shown me forgiveness in Christ in such a way, like, you know, a couple years back, you know, struggling with pornography again and like putting her through that emotional turmoil in hell and walking through that, the healing process with accountability mm -hmm. partners and being honest and all these different things. And, you know, putting her through the ringer and the greatest and that I, I cannot explain even in the moment where she felt the most hurt, we slept in the same bed. We yeah. still said, I love you. We still kissed goodnight. Like she was every right to be, you know, I'm going to go sleep on a couch. Like, uh, don't touch me. Don't look at me. We still occupied the same space because our goal was to put that. That's why we have big beds to death. I only have a queen size bed. It's big. It's big. It's not she a full takes size. She takes 90% of this bed, 94% probably like last night, my butt cheek was hanging off the, the freaking side of the bed. Oh, I'm like, no. you were five, one and a half, five, two on a good day. How the heck do you have 90% of this freaking bed? I am, I'm fluffy. Okay. I need space. And she takes up the whole dang bed. Okay. It's like, there should not be anything. So in that whole context right there, right, she offered and displayed Christ by forgiving me in such a way that there was nothing I did to deserve it. I, by every stretch of the imagination, should have reaped exactly the, the pain that I gave her, but she mm -hmm. chose to display Jesus to me in such a way that I'm eternally grateful for. We were talking on, in the break, like, like, I was like, boo, you don't realize how you've displayed Jesus to me in such like the, as like the greatest display of who Jesus is the embodiment of Christ that like you challenged me to be a better person today because you deserve the best version of me is an honor yeah. to you, you know, and it goes right back to what we were talking about before we, we, we took the break and always having the hard conversations. Don't shy away from them. The hard conversations produce the greatest growth. The hard stuff you walk through produces the greatest benefit. You know, a lot of people like our age or even younger, like that get married or the, the first hard season they walk through, they just cut rope. They're like, cut sleep when I'm out. Like, I know people who were married for a month. They were yeah. together for years, years. They were married for like a month or two and then cut sling load. And I'm like, yeah. are you kidding me? Like, and what could have been so bad that you went through all this time together, you planned this wedding, you did all this stuff, you went and did yeah. all this time together. And then all of a sudden now you want to, you want to cut sling load because, because of what? Like work it out, figure mm -hmm. it out. Yep. Like, and I think the problem is, and I mean, I, I know I don't think the problem is. I know the problem is is that there's no, it's not there's no Jesus in the marriages anymore, right? Like, even yeah. still. So, like I'm saying before, like, even if you're not like 100 percent on board with being a believer and all this other stuff, it's like, look, dude, we all need someone in this world. Yep. And if it, you're not using Christianity as your basis for your marriage. Use honesty. Use forget. Use the principles. Yep. The, the The principles are the are, are the same. The you could exact be, same. You could be a principled person 
using the principles from the Bible, like honesty, integrity, forgiveness, you know, morality, like all this stuff, you can have all of these principles without necessarily being a believer in Jesus Christ. Yep. I mean, it'd be, it's kind of silly that you don't because there's so much scientific evidence out there that supports it, but you know, whatever, like teach his own. Yep. But the purpose and the principles are still there. Like, <clears throat> like, do you like, um, you had mentioned something about like, uh, with your dad about how he was when you were growing up and stuff like Yep. Does does that do you think like that kind of makes it a little bit more difficult for you to be like a dad, a husband, like a good husband, a good dad? Or do you see that as like an example of what not to do? And now you can see, okay, I'm I kind of went this way with that. I need to make sure that I'm going this complete opposite way. Yeah, dude. So for me, walk through the stuff I did with my dad was like I made all these promises myself to not do what he did. Mm -hmm. um, and then fast forward through being unhealthy, doing exactly what he did. And like, um, now really is, I kind of joke with my wife. It's like, okay, all the stuff that I've seen growing up, I just do the exact opposite. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it's like, so now I can look at it through the lens of seeing my dad for who he is, which was a completely flawed in individual who was battling his own demons and walking a path he had never known how to walk and tr just did it wrong. And mm. seeing all this negative stuff that he had walked through that I had <laughs> witnessed as a kid growing up is now the fuel for me to do better. Like okay. I know what not to do now. So now I can love the way I'm supposed to my kids and my wife. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I figured that so for was a thing. That's, yeah, it's a thing too. But I mean, I really struggled with it for the longest time. Like, dude, I was totally content not being married. Like I didn't totally content just doing my own thing. I sold out to Jesus. I like had a hundred different plans that I was going to go do. I was going to move to Morocco and a dude was going to pay for my school. I was going to move to, you know, Pacific beach and run a self, you know, self, or I was ocean beach and run self-replicating house churches. I was going to run a lo sober living house in, in Pacific beach, you know, San Diego, all these different options to do. And I was totally content with not being tied down to anybody. Um, fast tracked. Now it's for me, I have a different weight for what a healthy marriage is now because I had never seen it before. And now I got a taste and a glimpse of it with Amanda. And I, it's like something I want to cherish and protect with every fiber of my being, because right. now I see how beautiful and great it is and the potential it can be to keep growing and to keep shaping and molding into these, this beautiful thing that God you know, created and ordained. Um, so now for me, all the stuff that I walked through with my dad really is now the fuel for me to be the best husband and best father that I can be, um, not contingent on anything. You know what I mean? And I didn't even think about um, that the impact of your behavior with your spouse and being an example for your children for when they get married. Yeah, I, I didn't even really think about that. And yep. <clears throat> like with my parents, like my parents have been married for 40, 40 years. It'll be 41 years this year. Mm -hmm. And like my dad has like always been like flirtatious with my mom and like yep. my mom's kind of like always like yeah 
get out of here. Yeah, yeah, like you know, whatever. Like just kind of being whatever. Like she's got her moments, right? She's an Italian, so she's like freaking out over like, oh Jesus, and I'm like, why? I don't understand. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, I text my brother sometimes when my parents are up here, and I'm like, dude, like, how does dad do this all the time? Like, mom's like freaking out over something silly, like. I don't even remember what it was. It was like juice or something, something yeah. ridiculous. And he's like, dude, I don't know. But like she, cause my mom's, my mom's crazy. Like she's crazy. Like I love her to death. She's crazy. Like she's always been a really good mom, you know? So there's no, yeah. there's no issue there. Yeah. But like my dad, man, my dad's put up, you know, with her and he, I mean, when you see them together, you're like, dude, like he loves her like crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I've been like really lucky to see that. And also, on the other side of it, with my in-laws, I've been lucky to see that as an example of what not to do. They've been, they're still married. They've been married for a long time as well. Yep. But it's different, <clears throat> right? So, like, my father-in-law will go, like, he'll go up to Williams or he'll go up to Pine Top or Sholo and, like, he'll just go for, like, the weekend. And, Yeah. And so, like, my okay. mother-in-law will text Aaron and be like, hey, do you know where your dad is? What? I'm like, yeah, dude. Or, you know, the only time she really knows where he's at is, like, when he's traveling for work or something because he puts it on their cal- on their family yeah. calendar. He just disappears. But, yeah, and, like, you know, if she calls him or whatever, she'll he'll tell her. He'll, like, he'll answer it and be like, hey, you know, but they're not, like, affectionate. They don't communicate very well. Yeah. Um, You know, like... Not to be negative, but like it, it's, you know, that's there, right? Yeah. yeah. So like, but the, you know, they communicate ish, right? You know, like they'll talk about whatever, mm-hmm. whatever's going on that day or how the trip was or what happened yeah. or like he'll call her randomly and be like, Hey, so like I was thinking about this or he'll like do something nice. Like he'll get like, he'll, he knows like what she likes, like antiques or whatever. And he'll yeah. grab something that he knows that she's been looking for, you know, stuff like that. So like, there's little things like that, that he does, um, which I think are, are a pretty big deal because of him. Like I know who he is and I know, Mm -hmm. you know, like how he is normally. And I'm like, man, like he just randomly thought about that. Like just to look for something that he knows that she's been looking for, for a while. And he just was like, Oh, let me stop in this place because I know she's been looking for it. So, yeah. You know, it's like, I'm like, dude, I, I just can't, I don't know, but you know, they, uh, they have, that's their, that's, that's how they are. You know what I mean? Um, so like if you saw my parents and Aaron's parents, like, you know, you saw my parents one day and then saw her parents one day, you'd be like, cause my parents (laughs) like always like touchy and like kissing and hugging and whatever. And I can't remember the last time I've seen her parents kiss or hug. Wow. Yeah. You know, and which I'm not trying to dime them out. It's just something that I yeah. noticed. And like, she brings, she's brought it, brought it, she's brought it up before, you know? Yeah. So, okay. So we got 10 minutes left. Yeah. I mean, it really is though, the contrast of like, I mean, even like print, like we're talking about principle based, right? Like okay, there's yeah. principles at work in both. Some are more dysfunctional than others. You know, like, I even found out some stuff with my dad. My mom was telling me like yesterday that I was just like, what? Like, I, I'm like, all right, my list of like what to ask my dad is growing. Like, dude, 
no no bs like level with me on this you know tell me um, what happened dude legit but um it's pretty interesting coming through the lens of being able to identify stuff where you're like mm, yeah that's i don't want any part of that and oh man i could be better at that you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but yeah for real though like we as husbands and wives get to i mean for a daughter how you treat their mom is the yeah. exact person she's going to look they're going to look for yep and on the other side of that your son your sons are looking at you on how this is acceptable to treat a woman to treat yeah. your wife and you I mean we're we are their greatest example of how to do and what to do in life as they grow up. It's pretty profound and super scary because I'm one jacked up dude that's now responsible for three little human beings and giving them a a solid shot at what to expect, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, um, like my, so I talk, I, like I said, I call, I call Aaron hook a face. Like that's one thing (laughs) that I call her. And I say, you know, that and babe, obviously. Yeah. But like, you know, he, uh, he, he's like, why are you always calling her hooker face? I'm like, that's because I love her. Like, that's that's what I say. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but this question. So I was gonna ask you this question yep. before we run out of time. Send it. Social media thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I saw a thing the other day. I, I'm I'm indifferent on it. I don't really know either way. Um, but it did kind of bring up a thought process. And it was uh like it was something that said, you know, couples who don't post pictures of their spouses all the time on social media have better relationships or something like that because mm-hmm. of, you know something you know something to that effect like because yeah. because they're not like forcing whatever yeah i don't know i don't i mean i can i can see it i can see mm-hmm. you know where that could be a thought process yeah but i don't like i don't know if it's necessarily true right um yeah i think it would depend on like the timing, right? So if they're only posting, you know, pictures of each other together on vacations or, yeah. you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, or date nights or what, whatever it is, like yeah. stuff like that, which in that self, in that, in, in that context too, like, I don't necessarily think it's bad or good either way, you know, yeah. like, I don't know. So, what, I mean, is there, do you, what do you think about that? So for me, I tend to be a little more, so I've done it both. I've done it both ways. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you were to look at the, my prior relationship, just based on social media, we would look like we were the poster child. Okay. Of perfect. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you intentionally of, do it? It was almost like a subconscious thing of projecting. Okay. To be good when really behind closed doors was falling apart and burning burning down and busting at the seams okay so now i think there's a balance in it like i post randomly i'm really bad at posting on social media in general but like randomly will post something about amanda like literally all my social media is like amanda and the kids like it's Mm -hmm. nothing but She's really good at documenting me. And so I see it from both sides. So I'm very much so in the right. moment. I don't take very many pictures. Like if I do, they're like goofy or random or just a random, like oh, this want to capture this moment where like Amanda's really good at capturing moments. 
And the reason why she posts on social media is to next year be reminded of that moment. Mm. So she keeps kind of like an ongoing record of the things that we do and see and experience or whatever. Um, I think it goes down to what is the motive and the intention in the heart of doing it, right? Right. So if your motive is to appear on social media as you have it all going together, things are going great at home. My marriage is rock solid and amazing. A lot of those people, if you take that down and you drill into it, is just a facade, right? It's a manufacturer. I didn't even think that people, I mean, I assume that people may do that. I didn't, I didn't think that that was like, it's like a thing. Like a lot of people too want to, like, they don't want to, like, it goes down to not being okay with failing, not saying Mm. like, like, you know, if you're posting honest stuff, like you realize like there's failure on some, on some front or a lack on some front that you need to address. And so people just don't want to do it. They they don't want to appear vulnerable and, or, or be seen as weak or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I guess Whereas what I people think... do sometimes is like they'll post uh, like and I just really I just thought about this, like people who have no family nearby mm-hmm. and like yeah. they post to uh, keep them all updated, to keep them updated on what's going on. So they're not yeah. sitting there trying to send pictures to everyone and their mom or yeah. literally everyone and their mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so I yeah, I guess that's a thing, too. So, yeah, it, it really comes down to motive. So, like, yeah, if you look at Amanda's social media None of that is manufactured. None of that is fake. It is literally just documenting the the craziness, the goofiness, all the fun, all the, the whatever, like the, all the things that we do. Like it's an ongoing record for, you know, showing friends and family, but really for a year from now, oh, this came up in your memory. Oh, babe. Like just now we we're talking about, dude, we haven't had a freaking monsoon yet. She's like, no, oh. this time of the year, like we had, we were had a monsoon. I'm like, I don't think it came yet. And she had like a memory posted up. And I guess last year we were watching a thunderstorm happening. She's like, see, I told you there was already a storm happening. And I was like, oh, okay, babe, you're right. I, that's on me. But, weeks house. Um, dude, weeks house. But it really comes down to what are you trying to portray an image or are you just documenting? Or are you just being honest? Right. Um, so, yeah. So think so about I that, think- I guess, like when. When you see all this BS coming up, yeah, dude, start asking. Or even if you start seeing something like coming up where it's like, it looks too perfect. Really for me is a sign of, I need to start praying for them. You know, Mm. is this like for real deal? Or is this like as a defense mechanism on, on not having to internalize what's going on in the house? Um, I just start, start praying for people. You know, if like you see somebody that goes from posting all the time to like not posting for a little while. And then the next set of everything they're posting is everything's so great. This looks here. Look what he did here. Look what he did there. I'm like, okay, that seems too fabricated. Yeah. What do you think about? Go ahead. Well, I was going to say just real quick. So this is, I mean, I'm not like picking at anyone. I just see it a lot. Like, what do you think about people who like take pictures and post more pictures of their pets than they do their spouses? Yeah. That's an, for me, indicator. Like that's kind of goofy. Yeah. It is weird. Yeah. Or like their food or their coffee more than their spell. I'm like, okay, dude, like, where are you deriving your pleasure from? Like, where? See, did... like, so because so that's I guess that's the question is like, is that the, is that an indicator on like where they're focusing their th- their energy? Like, I think are be. they subconsciously doing it because like they want to focus more on this than on this other aspect of their life? Or is it just like, right. hey, well, 
you know, whatever. I was like, hey, this, this, or check out this like weird looking ice cube that I have in my drink, like, you know, or, you know, whatever. Whereas like on a regular basis, someone's like, you know, picture of my dog sleeping, picture of my dog pooping, picture of my dog, like jumping on the thing, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I I feel like like a social media psychologist, but I know. I mean, that's probably, that's that's probably a job now. I, I know probably legit is a job. Um, I feel like that would be, there's red flags in that that consist the duration of consistency in that um would be raising red flags for me like i would start like really praying for wisdom on how to how to navigate and if it's someone Mm. you're close to start asking questions like hey man what's going on how are y'all doing for real like where are you guys at you know that goes back down to accountability having someone that you allowed to speak into your life you know yeah um being vulnerable with somebody and being available to be vulnerable and speak into um um allow this speak into your life right but yeah we're like sub one minute jesus we just thank you for who you are we love you we thank you in this podcast and all the people are gonna reach in jesus name amen don't forget cut off we're done yeah yeah hey um and everyone there's some crazy stuff going on in the world today so like if you don't know how to protect yourself figure out a way to do it yep learn how to care learn how to shoot learn how to all right, y'all, I got to cut off there. Um, so um, what I was saying is uh, in the world that we are in today, make sure that you're able to protect yourself, learn how to fight, do jiu-jitsu, do Muay Thai, do boxing, judo, um, learn how to uh, you know accelerate or not accelerate, but amplify your ability to protect yourself um, with, with, you know, with an equalizer, learn how to shoot, learn how to carry, um, get training, um, because when it comes down to it, you're going to be your first responder. And, um, that's, you know, one of the things here that we want to talk about in the future is more personal protection type stuff. So make sure that you're able to, uh, do that. Um, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to be relying on first responders to come and protect you. You, you're your own first responder. So take that for what it's worth. And, uh, thanks for listening you guys. God bless.